glory in the legends of this hard muscle life. And there's poetry in each season made of sweat and strife. But now's the time to work and strain at a sport that tests the spirit and challenges the brain. Come on, come on, come on. Let's go. Hey, I'd like to have 75 degrees of sunny all the time, too, but that's not football. Do you fear the force of the wind, the slash of the rain? We're going to play us through light and rain. Go face them and fight them. Be savage again. What up, everybody? It's about the Put Me In Coach podcast. It's the Bobby Blanco the podcast. The Bobby Blanco show. It's the Bobby Blanco show. <laughs> the with, Bobby Blanco with show. With Tom Italy, Ian Foster, and Gregory Porter on the horn just to help me out while I talk for an hour and a half. So Freud about, was right. I could talk an hour and a half about <laughs> Game of Thrones and Avengers coming up. What, are, you, are you going on Thursday? 12.15. 12.15. I'm 10.30. Nice. Cool. We'll, we'll, we'll cross paths. As Three hours. Entering. Which one are you going to? The Majestic. Majestic. We're going to Arclight. Right, Porter, you're coming with, right? Oh, yeah, sure. I'll be there. I came to opening day. <laughs> <laughs> Thursday at midnight? Are you insane? No. No, Thursday at 1030. <laughs> Still, I'm not getting back in Baltimore until at least 2 or 3 o'clock. Not no, when thanks. they're off duty. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Put Me In Coach podcast, Bobby Blanco, Tom Itali, Ian Foster, Gregory Porter on the horn. Busy week this week. Uh, Caps got a game seven tomorrow night. This is Tuesday night. We <sighs> on Wednesday night game seven at home against the Carolina Hurricanes, and then the following night is the NFL draft, of course. And so we've got two big events to cover. Yep. Hopefully, we're talking a lot more hockey Please. throughout the rest of the spring and into the summer. Yep. Um, and then this is obviously the biggest event in NFL schedule for the off season. So, um, and the Redskins hold it. Currently hold the number 15 overall pick. And we have no idea what we're going to do. I don't know. So, Tom, well, we'll obviously get the draft, but this is like you love the draft more than probably than anybody out of all the four of us or anyone that I know personally. Yeah. I got Porter. I got Porter. There's so many. Porter, yeah. Uh, there's. This is like the like I've, the past couple of years, I feel like we had a good idea of where we're going to go with this. Yeah. How do you? I mean, you're the one who's studying this. How are you been preparing for? I mean, I, I don't know. Where do you? Where did you start? There are too many variables. To yeah. Just like it, it's kind of like a math problem where if you get one thing wrong, then like everything just trickles down and everything's yeah. wrong. Yeah. I I don't know. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, you remember that calmness that we talked about last Gone. Uh, two weeks ago Gone. for the Caps playoffs? It um, returned ever so slightly Saturday oh, night, <laughs> and uh, and then it was out like a light. The fear is night. back. God. Game seven as usual. I'm terrified. I woke up. I woke up terrified this morning. I'm terrified. It's Tuesday yeah. and I yeah. woke up terrified. I was lying in bed staring at the scene. I was like, "And the fuck?" I, I think, already took off work. I was like, "There's no fucking way." I think I. I think I know why Ian's terrified. I think I know why Bobby's terrified. Porter, if you are scared, I don't know, but never scared. It's because we haven't been the better team. They've been the better one. We had one game where we absolutely trounced them. I think they've outplayed us I think the in home, five of six. I think the home team has been the better team. I think no. we got outplayed the first two. I think we just got lucky. Well, not lucky, but we had, we we got out quick. We got out quick. And then we got outplayed the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Both I, games. I, if I just look at it cumulatively, it's been the it's been the Hurricanes. Yes. And how they've been to – got to give them some credit where they've really been the aggressors. And just winning the mental edge of this game, this series so far. I wait. Say that again. They've just done a really good job of getting under our skin. Yeah, and yeah. you know they 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 want that to gain that mental edge right from you know the first puck drop, 
and they've done it. Yeah, and like you said, I think, okay, maybe they've been playing. I, I don't know. I I feel like whoever's been the home team has played the best. And But to me, it's still a point where we're. Cl- I think we're clearly the better team. We're just not playing like it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think if and I said this from the beginning of the postseason, just if they if the Capitals play like the better team, it won't be an issue. And they just haven't done that yet. Sure. They haven't put except for Game Five. They haven't put together a full sixty minutes. Yep. And you know we show we saw flashes in Games One and Two, maybe even in Game Four. They started off great yesterday in Game Six. But it has wasn't a full sixty, even forty minutes mm-hmm. of of being the better hockey team, and that's yeah. what's that's why this series has gone so far. Yeah, I think our best beats their best, obviously every day, every, all, uh, every all single day. day. At the same time, they've been just more consistent. So Keep far. in mind, we beat them every single time during the regular season. Yeah, and we keep we, on forgetting that we had we are the better. I mean, they're the wildcard team. We are the better hockey team. It's just a matter of we're not playing like that as of right now. Porter, what are your thoughts on all this? I think a lot of it is, I think what we saw last year in the beginning too, where the offense is way too cute, like way too much trying to set up a play, trying to get that upper, you know, um, upper shelf shot. And just in, as opposed to just hitting the pads, following behind them, doing the fundamentals like that, it's, I don't know. A lot of it was just so frustrating to see because you see that kind of lazy hockey, lazy passes. They look smoked. I mean, Carolina is an incredibly young, fast, talented team and are very similar. I think it was um, uh, Tom that had mentioned looked a lot like us um, starting out. And I think I'm optimistic. I think uh, being at home is certainly going to help. Losing Oshie sucks. And I mean, I'm worried about how much time they're going to be able to get off uh, now, you know, going into the Islander series. It's just, we could have played so much better. We're such a better team, and it was just frustrating to watch for a good portion of that. and Just way too much drama going into it than it should have been. I mean, regular season notwithstanding, our ability to play with them is a lot higher than we've shown, and they've taken advantage of that, and they've seen it, and they're puck handling skills and their speed has killed us and kudos to Holpe because if it weren't for him we'd be Very fucked true. in this series yeah I, I i kind of uh like equate this to what we saw last season um where um like we scored on our own talent like we when we were playing well we were better and i felt like the every except for maybe like the lightning series our opponents especially in columbus especially in Phil, in pittsburgh our opponents scored because of our mistakes and we gave up the puck or, or made bonehead penalties and gave them opportunities to score whereas we took it upon ourselves and we were just playing like the better team or I, I see that a lot this series i feel like especially yesterday like our our two goals were us just flexing our muscles and being the better team. It felt like every time Carolina scored was due to a a poor possession of our, or a mistake from some from a Capitals player sure. that put them in a lucky position, or they got a lucky bounce. Like that Justin Williams goal was bullshit. I mean, that was just yeah. a freak accident. Mm-hmm. Like I can't blame Hope for that. That happens. That's just a lucky playoff goal. Um, so I, I don't know. I just, again, it just feels like be the better team, and it shouldn't be a problem. Uh, I, 
My biggest concern, though, is where the fuck is Ed giving the Kuznetsov? Uh, that, I where wrote, are you, Kuz? I actually wrote that. Let's where in the shit. world is he? Where Where is he? He hasn't done anything anything this 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 postseason. Yeah. Nothing. Looks like Sidney Crosby out there. I, I, I need him <laughs> to flash the pterodactyl at least two times tomorrow night. Yeah. Right. Yeah. At least give me, like, two assists. That's a, yeah. Do something. Get on the scorecard. Do something. I don't know where Push he's Push him. Pull him, do something. <laughs> yeah, it's. Yeah. Jensen started out great, and he kind of petered off through the game, uh, last two games. Or not, uh, I don't, I didn't get a chance to watch the blowout, but. Oh, uh, man. Last game, he was not in form, and I'm did glad it, that it, they it. took Carlson off of fucking lefty and yeah. bumped up a left, uh, a, uh, a lefty on there because it's just such a bigger difference. Um, but yeah, it's. My, I, like everybody else, my emotions have been all over the place this series, and it's just had a different expectation of what was going to happen. And then Carolina fucking came swinging in Game Three and showed what they're capable of. And even through one and two, put up a really hard fucking fight. And to be down Kebney and fucking Oshi now, I mean, it's going to be like last year. We need our second and third lines, especially the third, to step the fuck up. And like, the really, and really our role players. Hard. Our secondary players have not played well this series so far. I mean, it's really been Nikki and Ovi dominant. Yeah, very much. So. Which, of course, I mean, that's why they're two Hall of Famers for a reason. But um, you know, we also need some production out of these guys that you know aren't a little bit lower on the totem pole, if you will. Right. I know it's it's sports and and changes happen and injuries happen, but I mean, I can't help but think I was there are so many people we're just missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're missing. Porter already alluded to Kempney and Oshi, obviously, but I'm thinking back to last year. Jay Beagle mm-hmm. winning pucks down low, um, and Barry Trotz. I think we're missing a Barry Trotz element this Absolutely. postseason that we're not getting from Todd Bearden. And I cannot believe Porter does not agree with me. I, Porter does not like Barry Trotz, it, and it's <laughs> the hottest. It's a bit. <laughs> It has to be because it's the hottest take from a it's hockey a guy. He sucks. Yeah, says says the coach who just swept the Penguins. Yeah, who with a team that <laughs> wasn't supposed that. to make His the playoffs. Did that. He walked. They weren't that. supposed to make the playoffs without Barry Trotz. He walked into that team. He had the talent. I, 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 I been, uh, John Tavares. <laughs> John Tavares left. Very triggered right now. Um, Wrong. So I, I I feel like we are missing that element. I that doesn't mean I don't think we can still win without those elements. Sure. And especially with. Kempney and Oshi, those are just injuries that that you know every team goes through. I, I think uh, well, Oshi's a big, big loss. That's a huge loss, but also so is Kempney. Kempney's our top, our second Kempney defense. Kempney hurts, but Oshi is playoff hockey. You're right. Yeah, and that's also like, kind of like the Jay Beagle thing too. Yeah, I, I'd also be remiss. Look, <laughs> Jesus, nice. I, we, we, Ian and I are on the side that look. The Hurricanes are playing really well, and they've outplayed us yep. in large portions of this series of, thus far. At the same time, I can't help but think of that dirty hit on Oshi. And had the other had it been the other way around, if the shoe was on the other foot, not only it should have been a major penalty, but poten- potentially a suspension. At least if you're Tom Wilson, that's for sure. How long would it be if it was Tom Wilson? Oh, if it was Tom Wilson, it would be three, half half a year. Half a year, yeah. Well, I was good, like, what did you get last year? Three games. It would would have been at least in that. Playoffs, yeah. Minimum. In second to that, the uh, the phantom no goal. Um, that was a fucking goal. I yeah, and I just I can't help but think of I mean just some really just factors that are the just embellishment. So the embellishment. The Whoa. embellishment. 
What he, in the fuck was that? What? He got yanked down. He's on. He got sk- right back up. He's on skates, too. Yeah. It's like people slip all the fucking time. It's like how embellishment is when you correct me if I'm wrong, but when you like oversell a penalty. Correct. Right? If you soccer player it. Right. I mean, he fell. He got, he got hit. He got he, back up. He got, was it hooked? He got hooked, right? Yes. I, how was that embellishment? The non-goal, I, I was reading up on it. It, it. I When I first saw it, and even during the replay, I still believe it's a goal. But it is a matter not of the NHL's replay system is flawed. It sounds like it's more like that rule is flawed. The rule being that, like, if the if the puck is under the pad, under the pad or in con- like, so my my whole thing was the the reviews that I saw, and to me, it was a loose puck. It was never. It wasn't like being compressed against the ice by the goalie pad. It wasn't, you know. He wasn't in between his legs or anything. It was underneath him. It was clearly underneath him, not being touched by him. And Ovi, it looked like to me that his blade touched the puck before it touched his pad. Yes. Now, I get that's a a tough call to make. And I think the problem is that's the rule where you can't touch a goalie's pad when he's in the crease or whatever while he's playing the puck. Jesus Christ, Porter. Did I get the wrong Sorry. Um, that that that's a that's a flawed rule because I think a loose puck should be a loose puck. Yes, there it's funny because there was a couple guys from Montreal at the bar last night who were in town for about a week, and they and they they were open about they wanted the Canes to win just so they could go to Game Seven while they're in town. And yeah, awesome, yeah, by, by all means. But every single the Orloff embellishment, like. That's hockey. That's not a fucking. That's not a penalty. the The goal should have been a goal. Somebody who's sitting here actively rooting against the Capitals as a unbiased opinion. Also Canadians. Canadians who, really, who yeah. know hockey better than anybody. Yeah. They're sitting there. No, all of that was bullshit. Yeah. All of it. Now. <laughs> you're muted, boy. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, you're you're back. making loud noises on purpose. I'm not doing loud noises on purpose. You're holding your phone up to the ice, me- ice maker. <laughs> no, I got my headphones in. You fucking babies. All right. No, it was really it's loud. It's really loud. Yeah, you'll hear it, and then you'll be like, oh. All right, well, you know. I'm just turning Sorry. you down while you do that. Halfway. halfway. Just halfway down. Halfway. It sounds like he's here. Yeah. <laughs> in spirit. Um, yes, okay, That. yeah, well, that's 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 good to hear. And, I but, mean, like, so that happens, but the thing is, Again, we got outplayed. We got outplayed. And we got outplayed, but I hate yeah. the officiating. I hate the officiating too. And it goes around not just ours, the entire league. Mm-hmm. And and it, that's just okay. That's fine. Or the embellishment. That's a fine. That okay. It's not a goal. That's fine. But that was just a huge shift in the game. Correct. Where they ended up scoring now three unanswered. We went from tying the game to basically losing five two because they what scored yeah. two minutes later. If that, yep, and they completely shifted all well, of the Williams in the redirect. Game. Right, that was just which was horseshit. Which did, wouldn't have happened. Did you break anything? No, I I didn't see it when it was happening because oh. I I was working. Thank God. And, I mean, it's just and uh, uh, knock on wood. God, I hope it does not change the complexity of the series. Now, like, mm-hmm. are we going to look now? I also don't think even if that counts as a goal, I still don't think the Caps win that game. That's what I'm they're saying. being outplayed. We got outplayed. Yeah, I think I think it was going seven no matter what. Yeah, I just still I hate hate that like somebody upstairs was like, no, we want this bitch in seven. And it's going to seven. And and yeah. everyone was saying that that's like the NHL yeah. is 
foaming at the mouth that hockey's back in Carolina, that they're finally good again. Yeah. They want them going seven against the defending champs, which like is fine. They would they probably would have done it anyways. Yeah, just don't cheat us. Don't out take it. it away from my boys. Yeah, just because you know we're the Stanley Cup champions. I will also say though, when Ovi got tossed and everyone was getting on him, like good, piss him off, please, please, please. He's gonna get a hat trick tomorrow night, and he's gonna shove it down Carolina's fucking throat. You feel good about tomorrow? No, it's Game Seven. Not at all. <laughs> but if you ask me to predict it, I'm gonna say the Caps win. Oh well, yeah. I okay. I will say I, I will say winning the Cup changes everything. I am more confident than I have probably ever been for a Game Seven. I'm I'll give you that, but I'm still terrified. Um, it's, it's Game I'm just, Seven. Anything can happen. I'm less terrified than I've ever been. But I'm terrified nonetheless. Anything could happen. That goalie who is not better than Holpe, but is having an okay series, we've gotten to him a couple of times, could throw a pitch a shutout and they could score on a fluke Justin Williams goal again like win one nothing. Right. And it, it seems like what we need is Kuzi just to be just Yeah, he played better the last five minutes. Yeah. When he attacked the goal. And not after the Ovechkin no goal, he came out and like the, he got the puck and he started he had two he was controlling the puck, he was dominating. Right off the right goes, yes, play like do that. that. Do, do that. that. Play angry. But he was killing us on the on the power play. <sighs> he turned the puck over three times trying to get into the zone on a power play. It's like you can't do that. It, it, where is the urgency so, for him? It's I, so I, anti him, too. Yeah. It's like not him. Like, I don't know if he's hurt or what's wrong with him, but he just, he just hasn't looked like himself. Porter, what do you think? Yeah, me too. Agreed. Did oh, there it goes. <laughs> no, it got disconnected. Yeah, he said poor connection. All right, well. We'll try to get him back. Um, predictions? Seven, seven nothing. Seven nothing? Caps? No, God, no. I think it's going to be a good game. I mean, a lot of these have been blowouts. Are are just even though yesterday I thought yesterday was a good game, but the score really doesn't show it. I could see something this being a little bit more defensive oriented. We haven't seen much of that. Four two, the gonna, fourth goal, empty netter. Empty netter. I was going to say four one. I hope so. I was gonna say four one, but it's gonna be like two nothing, two one going into the fourth. Yeah, get a like get like a power play late, and they get empty. You know, what makes you so nervous. Everybody keeps on talking. Nope, we're good. It's at home. That doesn't mean shit in hockey. Yes, everybody's won the home game this series, but all that means is somebody could be due, and that's the Carolina. Okay, but I'll 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 fight that due theory. Where there he is, (laughs) it's your phone. This one, um, where. Up until yesterday, no, there hadn't been a lead change. First team to score had won every single time. Yeah, that was due. So that karma kind of is that the right word? Karma went out the window. So the do theory, Hold the, the do theory card has already been played this series. Uh, that's what I'm saying. So I'm going to say Caps win four one. Oh, you know I'm picking Caps to win. Am I allowed to watch? But it just this makes me nervous. This game. Have you watched? I mean, you watched. I've watched every game. Yeah, you watch game one, game one and game Porter, five there? with us. Yeah, am I on speaker now? Yeah, actually, you're coming in. That, that sounds better. better. I was trying to, I was trying to come in. I don't, I don't know what was going on with the FaceTime, the connection, or whatever. But what you were saying about Koozie is just that uh, I was trying to answer that one. It probably already went past it, but no. What do just, What do you got? I was, I was just gonna say. I mean, it's it's a noticeable missing element, right? So you've you've got. You know, the star players that we have, and Backstrom's been amazing. Ovi's been amazing. Oshie until he got hurt. 
you you can feel the fact that he's missing as a as a weapon. You can feel the fact that his you know his ability or the, what makes him dangerous is is not there. And you know we need everybody firing on all cylinders, and hopefully you know this, this getting punched in the face here is going to wake him the fuck up. But it's you know against this team that's just so fucking fast and feels like they're they're always where they need to be in the right place because of all the dumb fucking passing choices we've been making and just the lazy kind of dump hockey um it's i mean it's evident you can feel it and that's that's why i was just like where the fuck is he like wake wake the hell up man um and i don't know i got i got high hopes for tomorrow i feel like they're gonna pull it out um and come off of this loss and be like nope we're gonna you know keep fucking going but we definitely have the advantage at home but it's uh it's going to be an interesting one because, you know, Carolina's fired the fuck up. So We said that after game four, too, and they came in later goose egg. True. Right, but, you know, well, that's playoff hockey. Anybody can get fucking lucky and go crazy-ass shit. But then we also said oh. after game five, oh, Caps figured it out. Yep. True. Caps playing and, Caps and, hockey now. But for yep. the first 20 minutes last night, it seemed like they they had. Man, they were the better the second team period. The fir- they just got so lethargic and fucking just lackadaisical. Complacent, it was really annoying. Man. Yeah, even going through the neutral zone, trying to keep it in, it was so, so many... frustrating to watch. Yeah, they couldn't set up anything. Nothing. And power plays. Good God, they need to be better on the power. Play. Oh, well, they were man. great in game five. That they were. PK has right. been great. So, so, yeah, sounds like you all are picking the Caps to win. Um, I will pick us to lose because Please, yes, because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll go. Um, I'll go five to three. Oh. What are we doing for the game? That's the question. I have to work. I'll be co- I'll be covering Dem O's horn. Hey, you can be coming uh, up to Baltimore, the, uh, bro. Yeah, you can come to end game with me on Thursday. So here we are. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of ifs, isn't there, Gregory? Totally different. How so? Movie starts at ten thirty. One o'clock. I'm not getting home to Baltimore till at least two. So what? Whereas the game starts at seven, and it'd be over. It's a three-hour difference. Yeah. So if if so if I got tickets for Endgame at what seven, you would have you would have came. No, probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Even though that'd be easier for you because you go straight from work to there to home. I'd be like, nah, bro. But it's not like I even got tickets for us. Hope just can't go because it's too late. I said it's not like I did. I wouldn't buy tickets for you. Yeah, I know you didn't. You don't love me anymore. (laughs) If you lived here, I would. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, look at that. Strong friendship. (laughs) I love everybody. Brothers for life, right? (laughs) You're goddamn right. All right. Okay. Well, on to... Exciting things. So we can't feel feelings anymore. What did you say? What? <laughs> who's who's talking? Who's ta- who said that? He's going to go fondle his sweaters. <laughs> there he is. Right next to my bottle of dick cream. <laughs> what was it, what, what was did that? you say? Huh? It's <laughs> the team, stick ball. So we got a... folks. <laughs> NFL draft is here. All right, so... Oh, I don't have to think. We'll all right, just sign out Talk here. to you all let, later. Let Tom be here. You you and Bobby will be very engaged in this conversation. Yes, because I know nothing. I know nothing. I know nothing. <laughs> I am Johnson now. All right. No, nothing. We got two. Aha! Uh-huh, I do have it. Hey.
That's so exciting. All right. So I wanted to start out with process of elimination. And what I mean by that is, you know, the first we can kind of predict what the Redskins are going to do, at least for the first couple of picks, given what where our holes are in this team. And the rest is kind of just it's really, really unpredictable. So I wanted to say, what positions do we need help at? What are other ones that we're we're comfortable with? So um, we need a quarterback, obviously. We don't need a running back. We re-signed Adrian Peterson. Darius Geis is coming back off of injury. Tight end, uh, while we have Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis and Jeremy Sprinkle, I still think that's going to be a position that we're going to upgrade potentially. So that's two. Wide receiver, obviously. Abby, Abby. Offensive tackle, I think we're pretty much set at, even though we lost Ty and Secchi. I don't think that's going to be a position we're going to attack early. Could use interior offensive linemen. We haven't had a left guard in what, Ian? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> been a while. Been a little bit. Who was our last? Corey Lichtensteiger it, was decent. Decent, but it's not even who I'm thinking. I, I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, no more Sean Laval, please. Um, Laval, that's the good one. Yeah. We, <laughs> we're we not going to draft interior defensive linemen to start. We drafted Deron Payne last year, Jonathan Allen the year prior, just re-signed Matt Ioannidis. That is our biggest strength on this team. Oh, how the turntables um, yeah. turned. Inside linebacker. Gregory? Yes. Oh, he's uh, there. Okay. You go. Uh, even with Ruben Foster um, not going to be suspended, that is still a position they could potentially upgrade if someone falls to them. And edge rusher is obvious. We lost Preston Smith. While Ryan Anderson was, I thought, improved last year, I don't think he can be our every down counterpart to Ryan Kerrigan, right, guys? Correct. I agree. Who? Ryan Anderson. No. God, no. <laughs> and then Jesus Christ. We we signed Landon Collins. I don't think we had attack safety early on. And cornerback, I feel like we're set with the um Quentin Dunbar coming back. We had we got some something out of Greg Stroman, the same thing with uh Adonis Alexander. We got some young guys on that on that cornerback team right now. So that leaves us with again, quarterback, receiver, interior offensive line, edge rusher, inside linebacker, and tight end. So really of most importance, we got what is the most important hole to fill you guys going into this draft? It's a, it's a loaded question. So there's a loaded question. Very much so. Because I, hmm, off the top of my head, I would say I've narrowed down to a top three in quarterback, receiver, and edge rusher. I would probably put quarterback at number one, but I don't want to spend number 15 on a quarterback. Okay. Okay. I would if it's Josh Rosen. Trading 15 for Rosen? I would. You know, Tom McShay still has a higher grade on Josh Rosen than he does Kyler Murray. And that's and what Dwayne I'm saying. Haskins. Yeah. To say that we wouldn't give up, we should not give up the number 15 for Josh Rosen, I don't get that. I, which, I, which I will I tell you more, more about. So, Bobby, you're saying quarterback. Ian, what is our biggest I, hold? For the long term. Yeah, I get it. Like, I mean, what is uh, Keenum's... But two three, years, two years, yeah, something like I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> well, <laughs> three, I think basically be a filler for Alex Smith's contract. Yeah. All right, so it's oh well, partially. So mm-hmm. two years, maybe three, whatever. So not that's not a long term fix. Josh Rosen would be a long term fix, slash, and or drafting a quarterback would be a long term okay. fix. Okay, that's obviously in major need because your quarterback 
for the long term is kaput in Alex Smith, so you need to reload that. It's the most positional it's the most important position on the field. Absolutely. So that's a, has to be a priority if that's the route you're gonna go. Okay. But again, there, I don't I don't know. With there's the quote unquote top quarterbacks being Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins, I neither of those guys excite me. And mm-hmm. then the mid tier like, guys yeah. I think you can get in a later round so i don't want to spend 15. if we draft daniel jones at 15 i'm gonna run through a goddamn brick wall oh please, <laughs> please god no don't do that don't um, redskins Ian, what are your thoughts what are your what are our biggest weakness right now weaknesses long term i'm going quarterback but it, like i said i want josh rosen if not josh rosen mm-hmm. then wide receiver okay yeah, because I'm not. I'm not spending the the, the first round on interior linemen. No, okay, not gonna no. do that. So, plus I, it's kind of deep. I, I want to see, but mid rounds. Yeah. yeah, and so there's really in this draft, there's really not like a can't miss prospect. Probably other than Joey Bosa, who's Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa, excuse yeah. me. Uh, ah, who's, I just trumped you. <laughs> yeah. uh, Bosa is really the the one guy that is just seems to be like this guy's gonna be the next Khalil Mack, something like that. He's uh, gonna be an absolute stud from day one. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of solid guys. But then there's also like detail. What Ed Oliver? Yeah, I like Ed Oliver. I do, but too. we don't need him. No, I, I wouldn't be Brian. I mean, but come on, yeah. <laughs> Quinton Williams. Quinton Williams. Yeah, um, I like Brian Burns. Him. All Brian, of the Alabama Brian Burns. And all of the somebody, Alabama players. I mean, Avi. <laughs> so the reason, excuse me, the reason why I said that is. Logically, what makes sense at 15, if we are going to play this cautiously, which as much as we hate Bruce Allen and every day he is on the job is an insult to this fan base and he should be fired immediately. <laughs> that all said, he is always exercised with caution rather than taking these type of risks. Yeah. If that's the case, then we're probably going to go edge rusher. Which I'm, and it, okay that, that's, I'm okay with that, too. I mean, I mean, that actually be my preference. Yeah. For 15, if yeah. not trading it. Yeah, and uh, I that makes sense. There are guys most likely are going to be available at 15 or if we were to trade back, which we've done in um, in recent years too. At the same time, if I were to do like put our offense and our defense on a scale, the defense would just outweigh the offense so significantly. It's not even close. Which I'm very opinion. okay with too. Yeah. at the, we But we have an offensive-minded head coach. And we're going to have a quarterback that is supposed to make chicken salad out of chicken shit, but we don't have a good quarterback. We need just some guys on this offense that opposing defensive coaches are like, oh, shit, what are we going to do? How can we stop player X? So, There's no one yeah. on, on this Redskins offense that scares me. So like you said. No, but so, oh, I mean, guys, I think will start to terrify people. But hopefully. That's still a question mark. So like you said, that uh, from the beginning of this episode, like there's so many different ways it can fall. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many variables. And I think one of the most important variables to consider, which I'm hoping they're all in Ashburn considering going into Thursday night. I mean, and we've talked about it before is how do they self-evaluate their team currently? Are they, do well, they, they have an irrational expectation? That's for and sure. That's my point. It's okay. Again, are we once again at the point where they think that we're one player away from competing? They think so, but they that's think not correct. so, and that's not correct. And that's why I don't. That's why for me, I have the full anticipation that the 2019 2020 Redskins season, they're going to be bad. And also looking at the schedule that came out, what, a week ago, mm-hmm. they're just going to get destroyed. I think they're just going to be bad. 
And that, I'm okay with that considering what happened last year with the quarterback situation. And so and my considering f- next year's quarterback class. My yes. My fix to that, and let me know if you guys agree, would be stack the defense now, worry about the offense later, because you do have an offensive minded head coach who can probably get by with the pieces that he has on offense. When so what it's the best fix for a mediocre offense is a dominant defense. Yep. Get by this weekend this weekend, sorry, this season with a dominant off defense, stack that side of the ball, head into the next season though, looking to improve the offense, because then you'll be I, basically I'm punting this season and saying, let's build for the future two, three wow, years Tom. down two, three years down the line. <laughs> and, that's very Tom of you. And and then we'll worry about the offense later because I don't think anyone the offense is gonna be so bad. Anyone they add from here on out, like it's not going to be a game changer. You know, it's not going. They're not going to take us from. You know, they're not going to have like a two or three quote unquote war. You know, yeah. I mean, there's really not a prospect that's going to be available besides maybe Josh Rosen. Give me Josh Rosen. Yeah. Um. So to me, because we're going to be bad, stack the defensive side now while you can, especially in this draft that's super deep in defensive players, and then. Obviously, you would, know, we have to address Would you take Hollywood from Oklahoma Damn it, yeah. at 15? Because <laughs> yeah, I would. I, I'd seriously, seriously I, I, consider it. I, I, I would take Hollywood. And I think we have a uh, – John – wow. Jay Gruden has enough inventiveness in, in his football mind that he can figure out how to utilize Marquise Brown but mm-hmm. not make sure he's getting – you know, going up the middle, getting leveled by safeties and yeah. linebackers. And, Bobby, I agree with the sentiment that we're not going to be good. Let's just a good defense beats a good offense more often than it does not. At the same time, what I would what is so concerning to me with the lack of talent on the play, especially because their offensive line's fine. It's from the playmaking perspective. You're right. There needs to be some kind of balance. Like there's going to be a point where we're going to be in the situation playing situational football, and it's you know third and five, and we have nobody to throw it to because Josh Doxson can't get separated. Trey Quinn is too busy up in heaven, you know, helping the angels out and everything. <laughs> and, uh, you know, AP is maybe one day going to show his age. It's just, I, there's just nothing. And I, I have all the pessimism in the world for Josh Doxson. I didn't like what I saw out of Paul Richardson either. I just. You're right. And so to go along with that, yeah. like, there, I agree. And the only thing that would change my mind is if there was a bona fide stud wide receiver and or like this sure. like you know the next Peyton Manning or the next Randy Moss coming out and be like no this guy yeah, Daniel Jones has got to be picked right now mm-hmm. and he's a game changer he's a franchise changer and I don't I mean I'm looking at a a draft board a top 100 and there's like in the top 20 there are four offensive players yeah it's a defensive it's loaded a, draft defensive heaven. and that's why I wanted that's why I pick from the defensive heaven and wait on the offense because no one in this top 20 you know, Kyler Murray, again, I don't want him. Dwayne Haskins, again, I don't want him at 15. That's why I'm saying go defense. You know, and, and want, that's fine. I, think I want Brian Burns. If if we go defense, that's going to be, okay, makes sense. Yeah. Golf clap. Nobody in this room will be mad about him. No. 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 And I remember when we drafted Ron Payne, we're like, yeah, sounds good. Golf clap. I was happy. Yeah. I was happy. I yeah. was very happy. And, you know, it's, I feel like what the Redskins need to figure out is identify what right. their goals are this season, yeah. as you mentioned, because... If they were in win now mode, then they probably get an edge rusher to play along with Kerrigan and 
just know that he's going to be you know your immediate plug and play type starter and he can help your team right away whereas if you're drafting a skill position player on the offensive side of the ball whether that's a quarterback or a potential receiver be aware that those dividends typically do not show right away yeah um, those are much much harder um, positions to transition from the collegiate level to the professional and you know it's just it's it's a risk versus the, it's a calculated risk and to me, if you do not hit on your first rounder year after year, you are screwed. Yeah. yeah. And if that means, like, I am 90% sure that Brian Burns can get us eight sacks next year. Mm-hmm. Whereas I am 50% sure that Hollywood Brown could be our version of Tyreek Hill. Now, yeah. I would love if we could have Tyreek Hill on this roster. Holy shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm in. But. <laughs> At the same time, it's what's more, what's most important to you, and and especially if a GM, well, besides Bruce Allen, if a GM gets <laughs> does has a bad draft, they get fired. Yeah, like they have to hit on those guys. Yeah, and I know, uh, like there was a lot of, uh, I guess, controversy with the Brandon Sheriff pick, for example. Why did you take a guard sixth overall or fifth overall, whatever it was? You you get those guys in the mid to late rounds, but. He's turned out to be one of the better interior offensive linemen in football. Yeah, they were right. Yeah, could they have? Did they need to take him sixth overall? They also Probably didn't draft not. him as a guard. They drafted him as a tackle. True. Yeah. So it's well, he was a tackle, and they drafted him to two play guard. No, I th- no, Moses outplayed him. Yeah. Wait, I thought so. I, he was a left. I thought, I thought the ha- I thought they tried. The hoop- they the hoop- tried him at left tackle. He was originally supposed to be right, the right tackle. tackle. Sorry, he was a right I thought tackle. The hoopla was that he. Was a tackle that they drafted to play guard. It was like, why did no. you draft a tackle that early just to play guard? They didn't because Morgan Moses was drafted the third round prior to that, and he yeah. really, really struggled. And they thought, okay, we can't go into the season with him as our starter. And then it just, it just and showed up. They worked out in training camp, and credit to the coaches, they mm-hmm. actually made the switch. Yeah, right away yeah. too. And he's never had to play tackle so far. Um, yeah, but I, I do want to get into the quarterback. But, Debate because that's really where the wild card holds, and there's been a lot of rumors circulating, as typically they do once you get closer and closer to uh, draft time now. And from what we've been told, at least via a number of Redskins beat reporters and and you know those that are in the know, is there is definitely an affection between this Redskins front office and Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, he had a good visit. He did, and he's a local guy. I swear to God, if they draft up or trade up to number three. Then there was another rumor today that the Jets are actively looking to trade back, and the rumors are that the Redskins are the ones that are looking to do that. Um, And this has Snyder written all over it because this fan base has become so apathetic over the past few years, and they need a splash. And, And, oh, my God. I I don't. I'm not drawing this. Back compar- to the pile. I'm not drawing this comparison because they're African American quarterbacks, but it just seems like an RG three move. Yeah. Like, all right, I'm going to trade up to make a big splash to get interest back in my team. Mm-hmm. He's one. He's one of the two best quarterbacks in this draft, mm-hmm. and I'm going to make this move to get in to peak interest again. Because but if they're going to the number three, doesn't that also make you wonder? Could they get Kyler Murray? Could they get Kyler Murray? Oh my god! Because then, because because then Arizona may have just completely stonewalled them, saying, "No, we're not trading Rosen. Rosen is our guy." And who's number two? They don't need a quarterback. Uh, that would be it's not the Raiders. 
I think it's the Jets. Uh, the 49ers, excuse me. 49ers. Garoppolo. They're not they're not yeah. They're not taking Kyler Murray or Definitely not. Dwayne Haskins like that. No. So then number three, Kyler Murray or Dwayne Haskins. I and, think they'd be going Kyler Murray. And they Murray. need to get in front of Oakland because they, they picked correct. fourth. That terrifies me. Yeah. That terrifies me. Because that does. is that can absolutely happen. And you know, I the narrative on Dwayne Haskins is confusing because the guy threw for fifty touchdowns, I think eight interceptions, eight interceptions in the Big yeah. Ten. I mean, what else could he does, did he need to do to show that like his his stuff plays? And I, I know he's not this um, kind of hybrid type of athlete, athletic quarterback that we're seeing with Kyler Murray that we got that last mobile. year with Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, yeah, he's kind of an old school, mm-hmm. big, just almost stonewalled, but just has an absolute rocket of an arm. Well, he's more yeah. like Big Ben than anybody. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and. He only started one year at Ohio State, one-year starter, as was Kyler Murray. Um, he's not the quick-twitched athlete that we're seeing. However, I feel like we have an offensive line that should be able to hold uh, you know, hold upright. But I, I really don't know what the Redskins could do because we could get Dwayne Haskins, and I, I think if he falls to us at 15, take him. I, take him. I, wouldn't like, be, I really wouldn't be that mad if we took him at 15. Uh, I wouldn't either. I'd be a little upset. Again, I just—I mean, but if you're if you're already punting on the season, don't you want to solve what would be you know the most important? You position? give them a defense because the defense is actually very good. Before Alex Smith, they were what top five? They were number two. I guess I I'm think. also going on the assumption that okay, I'm punting on the season, so we're going to get another high draft pick next year, and then that quarterback class is better. Like, I don't want to draft Dwayne Haskins at 15 and then go four and 12 and then get like a top eight pick next year or top six pick. And then all these quarterbacks are, well, no, we already spent it on Dwayne Haskins. Like, God damn. But just look at the leverage of what does Dwayne Haskins get us out of the top 10 next year. I think I think our probably but with running game and Dwayne Haskins, yeah, yeah, and but then also look at the leverage that teams like the 49ers and Jets have. Guys that have their teams that have their quarterbacks with a high draft pick. Now they're going to have teams that are going to potentially, you know, here's our entire so you mortgage. you would pull that move or if you do have Dwayne Haskins and then in in 2020 it's, it's, you're a top 5 pick you could just trade it's back it's like having a good hand in poker and you're the big blind and you raise yeah you just nice. have a you're in a power position what was the last draft i mean i i don't recall this happening maybe it did happen last year what was the last draft where there were this many Trade rumors, like yeah. all these top teams are trying to trade back now. Well, as it, opposed to because like last year everyone was up top, they because there were so many quarterbacks coming out. Yeah. Well, it's also no one wanted just, to trade that. Just, now all these teams that have quarterbacks are still up in the top five, whatever, and now yeah. are still trying to trade. Just back. think about this scenario really quick. We run it by you. Arizona Cardinals have the first pick. Their head coach is Cliff Kingsbury, who was fired at Texas Tech, then hired to be an offensive coordinator at USC. Quit his job and then became the head coach for the team with the number one overall draft pick. Then their their quarterback that they drafted, I believe it was tenth overall last year, who was very very highly regarded. He was, I believe, a three year starter at UCLA. They're they're already out of love, and they're going to take Kyler Murray, who's going to be the first two star sport athlete in American sports history, at least taken in the first go, round. Go first round. Because he was a first-round pick in baseball, be a, presumably the first overall pick on Thursday, and then you have this a quarterback that you thought was your absolute future for the next ten years. Now, what do you do with him? Um, it, this hasn't happened before. Yeah, I mean, typically when quarterbacks are taken, especially in the first round, they're given t- 
typically the length of their contract to to figure it out. It's never happened before. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. There's just a lot of elements going around. You know, it's crazy. the Josh Rosen thing, and I understand that it, it seems like the Redskins have fallen out of favor with him, at least according to Twitter. That is, um, I was listening to Adam Schefter, Mel Kuyper, and, and Tom McShay, and, and Schefter didn't quote who said this, but the problem with Josh Rosen really isn't the physical talent. I mean, yes, he's had some injury concerns. Is He's a douchebag. Yeah, he is that. Teams did not like him. They huh. did not like his personality. I did not hear that. And when you have when your most important player, most important position is not, you know, highly regarded in the amongst your teammates and personnel coaches, what have you, I mean that that's a problem. Yeah, but Nobody we... went to his twenty first birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, draft night. Wow. <laughs> but our 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 organization's well suited to handle that. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a joke. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 Thomas, don't, don't misinterpret the joke. Um, but no, I did not know that people did not like him or teams didn't like the, yeah. the personality. Well, I mean, you, he comes across Jesus. very brash and douchey. But you know what? At this point, fucking give it to me. Okay. G- give me the douchebag. Because well, he's going to have a giant chip on his shoulder. Yeah. And, and the kid wants to win. Well, it, it sounds like... Yeah, the nicest guy in Kirk Cousins ever, probably in the entire world. <laughs> that poor guy. And everybody just shat on him, all right? Give me the douchebag now. He does kind of look like a douche. He uh, does. Now that I'm looking at him. Just hear him talk. Even when he got like, drafted last year. Well, also, was... yeah, like, also went to UCLA. Yeah. Boy from Manhattan Beach, California. He's been never, he's never been told no in his life. <laughs> That'll go for well here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Neither is Big Ben. Though, so. Okay, then next, <laughs> going a little bit further down the draft board, draft board, um, Drew Locke? I don't want him. Okay. Bob? In the first round? Yeah. No. He has started more SEC games than any quarterback in history. He's had four offensive coordinators in his time. Holy shit. And has been able to produce in the league's most... Okay. That'll play in... Redskins Park in the <laughs> in the league's most competitive conference. Yeah, um, really good athlete. He could have gone anywhere really in basketball too, and stuck with football. Um, at the same time, he's not. If any of these other guys, so let's say I'm looking at the quarterbacks here. If Drew Locke, Daniel Jones, Stidham, Will Greer, something like that, I'm fine. Second round after, yes, take yes. him. I'm good with that round. too. Absolutely, the first round. Yeah, that third. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, that's that's that would be my ideal situation. I'll pull on a Greer in third. It. I'll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. do that too. I don't think Locke would be there. No, no. A lot of people love Greer. They do, but yeah, he had a good pro day else, and like have everyone hates well his brother. Interviews. I hate his brother. <laughs> what, I mean, what Nash Greer? Yeah. Um, okay. Yep. Yeah, um, Porter, do you remember Nash Greer from Vine? Or okay. no. That guy. Um, the old dude? Or no. No. That was Jason Nash. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. This went way up. My bad. Um, okay. I got another hypothetical scenario for you, Bobby, Ian, hey, Greg. Bob. Um, if there is a strength to this year's draft class, it can be argued that it's tight ends. 
Mm-hmm. We have there are potentially three tight end yeah. prospects that are going to be first round picks, and there's Sorry. one guy from Iowa. There's actually two that are going to be first rounders from Iowa, but the number one seed is T.J. Hawkinson, six five two fifty. He is getting comps to Gronk, not just as his ability to catch the ball, but also as a blocking tight end. He is a complete tight end, which is not something you see nowadays. Typically, it's one or the other. He is the first offensive player ranked in this. Big 100 he, draft board I'm looking at. This, He's ranked higher than Kyler Murray. He is really, really good, according to all the projections. Gotta love Iowa farm boys playing tight end. You know, if he's there at 15. Oh. And the Redskins just want a playmaker, a guy that can just do something. 6'5", 251. Yeah. yeah. Line it up. Yeah. I mean, look at what George Kittle did for that offense. Even even without Jimmy Garoppolo or half their offense, George Kittle was a stud. Stud. Mm-hmm. You give me somebody like that, yeah. Okay, I'd be okay with at fifteen. I at fifteen. Is that the question, or is you just yeah at fifteen? It's sexy. I'd be, I'd be okay with it. I'd be okay with it. It's sexy. It is. It is. Sexy. It's. It's not our biggest need. Even though Jordan Reed is nowhere near the same player that he once was. Yep, and then trade him. Yep. Get out of that contract, too. Oh, damn. Okay. Another. That'd be playing chess. Another hypothetical situation for you guys. Another receiver that's highly regarded is DK Metcalf from Ole Miss. At 15? 6'3", 230. The guy is built like Megatron. He is, but I don't want him. Why is that? He is just Google pictures of him. It's ridiculous. DK Metcalf. Um, no, he, why don't? Why doesn't Ian want him though? If he's this, he's just he's the go route. Uh oh. Yeah. The first thing I typed was DK Metcalf, and Redskins came up. Of course, of course. He he ran two routes. He's yes. the go route. He's a go route. He he ran two routes at Ole Miss. It was a go route and a hitch. Yeah, that's it. Which is designed to that think that you're running like, a go who route. Who does that sound like? Yeah, <laughs> there's no one else on does that team. Does he wear number eighteen? He might wear it number eighteen. Yeah, um, that terrified. No, I'd rather he, have his fucking uh, his teammate, AJ Brown. Absolutely. Exactly. To me, when I'm looking at these, especially skill position players from the college level, I want them to just stuff the stat sheet. If if they're getting 100 plus catches a year at the SEC, and are you know their yards after the catch is great and low drop rate, okay. If he's able to compete at this level in the nation's best conference, then. That should be able to translate, hopefully. This guy had 20 catches last year. What? That was it. I don't want him. I don't want him either. Because of two two reps. And then he's got like 1.5% body fat, and he he, ran a great 40. Now everybody's on his jock. See, this is why I don't. I mean, I know Tom loves the combine. That's why I don't buy too much in the combine. That's why it pisses me off, because now everybody's getting on about, oh, now he's this fantastic receiver. The kid's an athlete, and there's no taking that away from him. He is a physical specimen. Mm Mm-hmm. Doesn't make you a wide receiver. Yeah, doesn't make you a football player. Football player, man. Okay. Because so, we got the Grudens here, man. <laughs> I already have enough dog wide receivers. I don't need a guy who just runs and drops the ball. I, I, that's going to be a no for me, too, dog. Good. Okay. Next hypothetical situation for you guys. So that was really, really big news recently. We didn't cover this two weeks ago, but I, I don't think we did. Uh, Ruben Foster is going to be – he is not going to be suspended. Um I would say it's he's going to be the pencil in as week one starter. Everyone who said that guy's wearing that number right there. Yeah, fifty six. He's he's our new Levar. Everyone who said that kid should be in jail and his and I want I want a written apology right now. (laughs) 
fucking terrible people you guys are. <laughs> okay. Um, next hypothetical situation, Bob. There are two really good inside linebackers in this year's draft. Devin White from LSU, Devin Bush from Michigan. Devins. You know, Mason Foster, He Mason Foster, wait, was co- Cousin Mace no, caught a lot of shit last year. Yes, he did. And I don't blame Mason for what happened to him. It's not his fault that Zach Brown couldn't do his job. And then yeah. the coaching staff had to give number 54 all of these other, he's had to work out of the hash marks in the flats, which is nowhere near conducive to his skill set. No. It's not his fault. Can that position be upgraded even with Reuben Foster on this team? Absolutely. Even though I liked what I saw from Sean Dion Hamilton, Mesa Foster, I think, is an excellent number three inside linebacker. Yep. Um, at the same time, Devin White, for example, has the speed as a safety. He can go sideline to sideline, and he does this thing. Um, he can cover tight ends. I like that. Which is, I know, an I ongoing like bit. But those guys are really good. Would you be okay going inside linebacker? See, the thing is, it wouldn't be an ongoing bit if our linebackers could actually cover yeah. tight ends. <laughs> it's well, a bit you, for a reason, Tom. Well, two years ago, Zach Brown could. Yeah. And, and then all of a sudden, he just, like, just like, you know, I'd be like, I'm no. going to be slow now. Okay. So, yay or nay on the linebacker? At 15? 15? No. Yeah. no. Nope. Okay. Next thing. I think this is my last hypothetical. The top rated guard, well, there's really two. Jonah Williams from Alabama, who was a left tackle, but he can move inside to guard, as can Cody Ford from Oklahoma. As we know, there is an obvious a, a certain link between Alabama's Alabama players, pre-skins. Roll skins. Yes. Um, pre-skins. Would you be okay if we go, <laughs> if we get a left guard? Pre-skins always make you think of uh, At 15? No. I say No. No. But then I'll also sit here next but look year what, and look bitch what, about how bad our left guard is. It's been terrible. <laughs> but, but I still say no. Is that not a now? Let me something you can address later. Yes, most, absolutely. Most likely, but if the season were to start today, my guess is Eric Flowers is our starting left guard. That can't happen. We don't know that. We don't. We don't, <laughs> we don't know what he's like on the on the, at guard yet. I I, I don't care. <laughs> I yeah. I can't say. So here's a writ. I mean, if you get Jonah Williams. Or Cody Ford, and I like those guys for two reasons. One, you draft them on fifteenth overall. They're, oh my god, there's so many. They start right away, right? Mm-hmm. We just solved a position that right. We haven't and solved then I'm thinking years. about okay, Adrian Peterson's running for another thousand. Guys yep. is going to run for eight hundred and fucking twelve touchdowns. And what is god it? Damn. And what does a young quarterback need more than anything? Is offensive a good offensive line. line. And look at the Colts. Yep. Okay. Two. Look at the fucking Colts. That the offensive line. Okay. Is okay. Now two. Silly. Second Rookie point. all pros, like, get out of here. Like watering Salivating. Out <laughs> Both of these guys can play left tackle or right tackle. Trent Williams is getting up there. Morgan Moses yep. is uh, injury prone. We just lost Ty and Secchi. What happens if one of those guys goes down? Jerron Christian ain't there yet. He ain't there. He ain't there yet. So I feel like I might have what sold this a there? little bit to Bobby. Good. <laughs> uh Again, so I'll ask again. If we go left guard at 15, is that going to be like another golf clap type thing? Like, I'm not going to be ecstatic about it. I will, don't think I'll even golf clap. I think I'll I just go, won't be mad. Eh. I go, won't, yeah. Yeah, I won't, that's exactly it. I, I won't, won't be, be mad, <laughs> but I'm not going to openly support it. I'll say I won't this. sit there and be like, that was a dumb fucking draft. I won't say that. Trent Williams. But it wouldn't. I, to me, it wouldn't be as good as it could have been. Correct. Trent Williams. Jonah Williams. Chase Roulier, Brandon Sheriff, Morgan Moses. Stop Boses. it. I know what you're doing. Stop it. 
That should, should be the best offensive line in football. One of the best. Yes, it should be. Yeah, it should be. Could be. <laughs> you should see Bobby <laughs> Dean. Right? They're both just kind of like staring off. I like, mean, I'm just <laughs> thinking about thinking about Darius Geis just running through the hole. Through that hole. Oh my God! As if Moses parted the Red Sea. Okay. God damn it, Tom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was so convinced. Like, nah. I, I, again, I still think I'm, I'm no. If they did it, I'd be like, eh, but I wouldn't be pissed. Okay. Trade back. So I would too. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, Bobby, I agree that edge rusher, if I were to put money on it and who we pick tomorrow, it's an edge rusher. Thursday. Tasty. Yes. Thursday. Man, I got so excited there for so, a <laughs> Because that means end game too. Um, Ian likes Brian Burns, 6'5", 250. Reminds me of Alden Smith from a few years ago. I like Brian Burns because he's not going to have to be an every-down player like Preston Smith was. As I know Ryan Anderson is not going to be get us eight sacks a year or something like that, but he's really good against the run. Yeah, He can be used situationally, run, um, run obvious downs, first, second down, what have you, and then just have Brian Burns come in third downs and... You know, you don't give him a lot of assignment jets as a rookie. And just you know what, go get the quarterback. Yeah, don't worry about anything else. Hand in the dirt. I'm okay with that. Hand in the dirt. Um, go get him. Get a couple other go guys. Get a couple other guys to potentially focus on. Um, Montez Sweat, Mississippi State, who had an unbelievable workout, and then Cleveland Farrell uh, for Clemson. I remember I saw Farrell in the championship game. I'm and. In Bobby fashion. Oh my God, Montez Sweat is six six two twenty two sixty. Sorry, Jesus oh that's Christ. nice. That's nice. I remember watching Cleveland Farrell in the championship game, and I was like, "Who the fuck are we getting?" Please, please, please report to, to Redskins Park right away. Straight to Redskins Park. You just take ninety five north, and you hop off at Virginia. We uh, said that about Ryan Anderson too. Yeah, <laughs> he 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 was better last year. He was better. He was better last year. I not a complete bust. I still like Ryan. He's been. He seems to be a really good recruiter. Yeah, <laughs> bring them all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, Ryan Anderson com- comes with all his Alabama friends. Yeah, draft him immediately. <laughs> she was like, he's like the good-looking girl we were friends with in high school, and she just had all of the hot friends. And so we're yes. like, you, we got, we yeah, got you're to invited. every fucking party. You're invited. <laughs> you're, you're more. Th- yeah, your friends are coming too, right? Yeah, yeah you're, you're invited. <laughs> We did that a lot. I was about to say that. I'm not <laughs> kidding, unfortunately. I'm sorry. Um, to no one in particular. Damn, those were all the best. Um, okay. So, E-cola. that all said, Bobby, I know you're at edge. Edge rusher, if you were to. Uh, yeah. If you're asking me my ideal scenario. So, like, past two years, Redskins, would you say they've played it safe? I think so. And, uh, I mean, they besides got besides with the, with the, besides a dachshund pick. Okay, right. Jonathan, See, Jonathan no Allen fell to them. That was a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Payne. Durant, I will never forget that Jonathan Allen. I I just I was watching was with Jay Viv and we're like, why is he still like every single pick? Why is Jonathan like, Allen still there? Why is he still there? I was I was I checked so many times to see if he was still there. I remember exactly where I was. I was at Judy Restaurant on 14, and I was wa- had a ball on the TV, and I was watching the, the bar. I was like, nope, he's not there. Not yet. Not. Every, every dude, I was like, please, 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 yes. And he was still there. He's still there. Um, I love him so much. And, and now we got him and Ruben Foster. I would say, Bruce, ride the hot hand. Just make a smart decision. <laughs> I, I think going quarterback, I think trading up, 
Well, I would not be thrilled about be a dumb sin- scenario. I think going defense, especially defensive end at fifteen, is is safe and smart. Sure. And uh, and that is what I want. That's what I would do. You sound like you're all in all in on the Brian Burns I, train. I'm going, I love Brian Burns. Yeah. I, I want that. I'm going. I'm being safe and smart in that. My my defense is probably pretty close to being elite. Yeah, it's and there. It's on the edge. This is a defensive stacked draft. Yep. Draft from the pool, the okay. overcrowded pool, please. Yeah, it, it really, when it comes down to, especially with this first round, it seems to me it's edge versus wide receiver, if I had to really narrow it yep. down. Th- those are my top two. And there's really not a standout wide receiver in this class. It, I think it might have been Hollywood Brown if he wasn't injured. Um, but it's really those those two positions. So kind of did like an ideal scenario. For me... Given the talent that's out there, and this being a defensive-minded draft, as Bobby has said, edge rusher first round. Give me the best available wide receiver in the second round. Give me a quarterback and a safety in the third rounds. We have two third-round picks. I would take that All every day, day. Yep. and twice on Sundays, and uh-huh. twice on Thursday. Nice. That, that Tom, I couldn't have said it better myself. That is exactly what I want. Yeah. Brian Burns, Debo Samuel from USC. Yep. Reminds me of Pierre Garçon. I think Ooh. we are totally underestimating how much we miss Pierre. We have Man, no one been able to play that role. No. Paul Richardson cannot be Paul Richardson without Pierre Garçon or someone playing that position. Um, then I went in the third round. I said Jarrett Stidham from Auburn. Played at two major programs at Baylor and Auburn. Beat Alabama one year. Put up a really good numbers and... Um, you know, if you get someone like that, a good a good talent from the SEC in the third round, please and thank you. Yeah, I I'd also say a few things. Uh, the Redskins should draft a couple receivers at the minimum. You want a couple? Yes, a handful. Yeah, well they lo- mean, yeah. they lost Mo Harris. Throw some darts at the board, right? Exactly. See what hits. Yeah, yeah. Bring lo- him to camp and see what happens. We lost Mo Harris to the Patriots, who's probably going to turn into like a, an amazing complimentary receiver for Tom. Minimum seven hundred yards. Is that rule number two and eight? Yeah. Um, leave DC and blossom to the star yeah. you were born to be. We lost Jamison Crowder to the Jets. So right now, if you were to say our starting receiving core, if season started today, you got Josh Doxson on one side, Paul Richardson on the other, and Trey Quinn in the slot. That's not good enough. And Cam Sims looked good in the preseason last year. Maybe he can come back from. I think it was a knee injury. Roll skins. Yeah, I think that's about it. Like there, there's nothing. I mean, they, yeah, I'm, be, if they want to draft three receivers and do what they did a few years, ten years ago, fine. Like just there's, you got to you, you need the bodies. You got to hit on some yeah, of these guys. Yeah, especially at a position that's been depleted since Pierre and Deshaun. Mm-hmm. I, I'm very okay with that strategy of just bringing in a handful of guys and seeing who sticks out. Yeah, or you know, makes a team. Yeah, I'm, I'm earn so- your spot. Earn your stripes. I'd be in, Earn your burns. Do you guys have like an ideal draft scenario other than what I just said? Yeah, pretty much nailed it, really. Unless our scenario ends up with Josh Rosen. Yeah, then it, then it's a whole monkey wrench after that. And that's the thing. I mean, every as well as like kind of saying in the background like five minutes ago, like there's just so many. Like it's it's like a flow chart. Like yeah, all right, this happened. So then you can go three different ways. And all right, so I mean, it's just like. There's, there's so much that could happen. There's another guy that's flying up the boards, oh boy. and he reminds me of a player that the Redskins have so sorely, sorely, sorely missed, 
and he's not talked about enough because it was tragic. What happened is uh, Kaishan Jarrett. Oh, safety hybrid that can cover in the nickel, play man coverage. It can also play up front and tackle. And that's actually a Terp, Darnell Savage. Yes, he's, he is he's, on this board. He is, I think, in the top. He's 30. probably going to go in the second round or third round. So, he a Terp. He a Terp. Yeah, he is. I am a Terp. I know we signed. Yeah, Landon, yeah, I know we signed Landon Collins, but who's our starting safety opposite of him? I mean, I, ideally, I mean, you would say it's Monte Nicholson, Not, yeah, but that's on paper. You're looking at a potential suspension. He was injured primarily oh, for his rookie year. I forgot about that. Not to mention he was benched, so I would say he probably fell out of favor a little bit with the coaching staff. Um, yeah, so that is definitely a position, um, and please no more DeShazer Everett. I like DeShazer Everett, but just play on special teams for the love of God. Um, <laughs> I like you, but you suck and I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's really, you know, it's going to be fun. Uh, and really, every year, oh, this is the most important draft. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't. But I, for the first time, I have no freaking idea what we're going to do. Right. And like, I think a, we had an idea. No I, I think does. that's kind of the problem. Like, not the problem, but like the thing about the past two drafts is like we all had an idea of like, all right, this is what they should do. Mm-hmm. Are they going to actually do it, though? Or are they going to fucking blow it? That's that's where the fear, you know, you guys know fear, right? That's, not, where, it's, not even that's where it's set in. And this year, because there's so much confusion so many other possibilities that could happen mm-hmm. it's not really fear it's more just curiosity yeah and it's like all right i mean let's see what happens in 48 hours we might acquire or draft the quarterback of our that's future. the other thing too it's like, like that could very very well happen the other thing too is that what we do isn't totally dependent on us like what other teams do could affect how we approach well, let's not forget how much we have benefited over the past two years from court other teams moving up ahead and getting so qb desperate and that we've fallen, we've had really, really good stud defensive players fall in our lap because of it. And Tampa Bay being stupid as all hell, taking Vita Vea. I thank you. Mm-hmm. People wanted Vita. I did. I did. I, I did, did not. Uh, yep. And I was like, someone, someone in here wanted it. That was yeah. me. I did not. I wanted Derwin James. Was uh, my, my which would have been Vita. fantastic. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, it's gonna be. I. Is Would it just me? Is the it the other Ian instead? I said the other Ian. Well, you said is my he, Ian. Is this well, derogatory? <laughs> 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 Sorry. My, Ian, is this recency effect or, or is this really one of the most curious drafts? Oh, that you this, like going in here, I have no idea what's going to happen. Not no only idea. for the Redskins, but everybody else. Total. Because I'm not right. convinced Kyler Murray's going number one anymore. I'm no, really no one is. And I, I credit the Cardinals for really keeping it close. Oh, they're they, keeping they, it close. Even though there's some Fuckers. little subtle hints on Twitter and stuff like that. Like with the him not being in the but a, that video, but, but then a, they edited it back yeah. in. Which was, yeah. It was really stupid on their part to not have him in there. Yeah. I, it's, it's a crapshoot. Yeah. It's a crapshoot. I liked um, Bill Barnwell of ESPN, a football writer. I really I love his articles. He had a really, really good hypothetical trade scenario. And we'll end on this. He suggests that the Redskins trade the 15th overall pick, Case Keenum, former um, player for Cliff Kingsbury, to Arizona for Josh Rosen and the... Number one overall pick. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> so, However, they give us um, for Josh Rosen and the, the 33rd overall pick, the first pick in the second round. So that's Josh Rosen, number 33 overall for 15 and Case Keenum. So you have two seconds and two thirds. 
Yeah. Basically. Yes. And especially at 33 overall, like you're still getting. And you're getting Josh Rosen. Yeah. I'm V okay with it. Ugh, I, I said that two weeks in a row. Which, by I'm the way, okay with it. if you want to talk about a recipe for <laughs> recipe for success, teams, the, how they succeed is when they are able to capitalize on a, a quarterback rookie deal. This Porter Texas is he Tell telling me. me to stop? Yeah, he's giving you the. He's playing you off. Yes. Oh, and that's wrap that. it up. <laughs> <laughs> is he doing? We got and, Falling asleep. She would. I meal prepped all day yesterday, cleaned the kitchen, and did the dishes. That's all during this podcast. God damn it. You're like a single (laughs) mother. You wash and dry. You wash and dry? Oh, yeah. Like hand wash? Before we wrap it up, are you going to miss the the Redskins pick? 10-15 show. So I'm really worried about it, actually. You might might miss the Like, I'm terrified. It's 10-30. Like, I got a jam-packed Thursday. And it starts at 8. I'm going. I'm going golfing. At Ooh. twelve with with Kev Porter, you're more than welcome. I got, and then we got softball, softball six, and then the draft at eight, and then I, I and then end game. I don't like Thursday. I really don't know what I, what I'm going to do with myself. <laughs> like there's not there's not enough of my semen. Good thing there's no the game seven on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> it's just tomorrow. It's just tomorrow. All right, all right, Porter, you want to get your throner on? He hung up. <laughs> so Megan came up with a new term, which we're all big fans of. Is your Game of Thrones boner is a throner? That's perfect. It's pretty cool, and it's 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 awesome. So this segment is throners for dudes, dudes and throners. Um, it is fucking hands on throners. Tuesday, April twenty third, two days after the second episode. If you have not seen them, that is your fault. These these are spoiler filled. Reviews of Game of Thrones season eight and all of that encompasses. We have the Game a of Thrones we have world. a forty eight hour rule on our group chat. It's just yep. if you can't watch it on Sunday night, fine. Watch it. if you haven't watched it by Tuesday, that's your fault. If, we if, give Wednesday, Wednesday twelve twelve oh one. Fair. You so you get Tuesday night to watch it. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. But okay, this podcast won't be released until Wednesday morning. Yeah, yeah. So oh, at that you point, better fucking listen. Fucking watch the goddamn show. Okay. Well, we got two episodes to kind of talk about, but let's just kind of all do it quickly all in one. Mm-hmm. Biggest takeaways from the first two episodes this season. Gregory, go. Arya getting some of that hammer. <laughs> Good the, for her. Carol B's tweet on that was the funniest thing ever. Oh, the The, the baby giraffe trying to walk. <laughs> I saw a you lot of those. See, uh, what's her face? Um, so, uh, Sansa? Yeah. yeah. About the hop hop into that the pussy. Hop, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, man, that crush on her is just getting stronger and stronger. So, but Sophie is turning now. You're throwing her first, Sophie. Sophie, not Sansa, yeah. but Sophie. Yeah. So Ian and I actually talked about this at length last week. Mm-hmm. So we want to kind of pick nits a little bit because we know week the season episode one was a foundational episode, and we get that. To me, and what's really been the complaint since now that we are past the books is there there are things that just aren't symmetrical with the writing prior to that. And to me, there was a specific scene in episode one, and again, we discussed this, was the romantic stroll with Danny and John going, flying their dragons to a cave where John first learned to experiment sexually. And, um, you know, it just, 
it was that's not Game of Thrones. It was corny. That was it was corny. It just felt just. I did not enjoy it. I did not either. Did not enjoy it at all. You didn't like Drogon staring down, but like you better. Yeah, the memes watch. are I great. Mean, the, yeah, the memes are better than the actual scene. Oh no, I meant I meant the actual scene of Drogon looking at them, being like, "What are you doing?" I giggled, yeah. but no, I wasn't a big fan of that. Yeah, the, I think a lot of people had qualms with that. I did not. I to me, it wasn't enough to ruin the episode. Like it, it was still the episode. It was still the premiere. It was still the premiere. So I was like, "Fuck it was yeah!" Like forty seconds. Come That's on. what I'm saying. I was like, it wasn't enough to like, get all up and on. We've so. been waiting for Jon Snow to ride a dragon for how long? And now we're just going to brush it off. That's my biggest question. Now we're just going to brush it off like, oh, it was 40 seconds. Yeah, it was 40 seconds of that. what should have been awesome and was just stupid and corny. <laughs> okay. That's that's very fair. I can, yes. I get behind that. And the fact that, uh, Danny, hello, someone rode your, you, you're giving away a weapon. She's sitting there saying, oh, well, we're going to find out. What the fuck do you mean we're going to find out? You know damn well that only Targaryens can ride that dragon. And you're just going to be like, oh, yeah, hop on yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to get on. We're going to find out if he's going to fucking eat you or not. And then you have the audacity in season two to question him, being like, yeah, I'm a Targaryen yeah. too. And I'm like, no, you're not. You it's want like, my throne? What happened to. What would you just do like two days ago? I just rode your other yeah. dragon. Yeah, and bitch. now I'm his rider. Yes. He's going to listen to me now, not you. Yeah. <laughs> How you like me now? You just gave a. You're, you, you're down to one dragon. <laughs> John's <laughs> face when he was like, that's your objection? <laughs> like. Not that you just you, fucking. That's the first thing you went to. Is that you, you bang your nephew? The claim to the that's it. Yeah. Nothing? That's and can we talk about Daenerys? Because I feel like her whole character arc has has changed. Yeah. And you no, know, I'm the, I'm, a, I'm a fan of it. There was some chaos in there. Yeah, you like she's, she's, well, she's, she's gonna die. She ain't living. She's she's not the same pragmatic, benevolent queen that we grew to root for no, from season one. She can taste it. Is. Yeah. I think she's blinded by her ambition. Yep. Yeah. Bend the knee. Oh, she was everywhere. Bend the fucking knee. Chill the fuck out. Yeah. And I, I thought Samwell brought up the, the best point in episode. I, I that, that, that conversation between John and, and Sam was so good. He goes, you sacrifice your title for your people. Would she do the same? Yeah. <laughs> and we know now that she, I guess she's a little concerned that she wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Like... So, for example, with him and John reveals to her that I'm in fact Targaryen, BT dubs, uh, which should have been obvious. Hey, yeah. Auntie. So, and the first thing that she says as the world's about to come to a fucking end is that means you're the rightful heir. <laughs> Not that I bang my fucking nephew. Or <laughs> <laughs> like. Not that my brother isn't actually the rapist everyone thinks that he is. He Not was that, the great guy. You know. Yeah. Not that. Not that John has lived his entire life as a fucking bastard like <laughs> everybody and has lived this horrible existence due to this lie. And Ned Stark. protected your fucking family and, and, uh, and killed Ned Stark. Like, what? One of the most honorable men in the entire in realm. In front of his Christ. grave. Yeah. <laughs> and the she implications the of that truth are so widespread and there's like, you're the rightful heir now. And she the audacity to accuse his best friend and his younger yeah. brother of oh, yeah. being liars. Yeah. yeah. Bran, who... Have you talked to Bran? Bran ain't lying about anything. Yeah. He doesn't even say he's a fucking human anymore, okay? Yeah. <laughs> is she... Almost. Is she becoming her, her dad? Ooh. Is she gonna get... I think she might get gut now. I don't know if she's becoming her dad. I think she can see the bigger picture because we do see at the end of this past episode where they're having this conversation, the horn blows, they run up to the wall, and they kind of give their... The nod. 
not, not the actual wall, but like the wall in the castle, like the nod, like, all right, we got to hold, we got to put a pause on it. It's go time. So I know, because I think if she were her dad, her dad would just be like, burn them all. He, he, she, she would be furious and she wouldn't talk to him or, or sure. completely lose sight of the overarching goal. I, it's kind of like, to me with Daenerys, have you ever been on a really, really long road trip? And let's say you're like an hour away from your destination and you're so close. You're like, I, do, I don't want to pee. I don't want to stop. I'm just going to speed. I just want to get out of this car. There. I just want to be there. Yeah, She's there. Yeah, and she just wants to just—that's a good way to put it—expedite yeah. her process. Well, she's just, road trip instead of something else. Yeah, <laughs> she's just done. She's she's over this. She's like, I, I'm so close <laughs> to my throne and and to my my lifelong goal. I just want it to be over with and 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 now uh, since I was so close, I was I was literally moments away from marching on King's Landing until I found out that the dead is marching, and now I gotta go take care of this instead of go get my throne. Which she did the right thing, right? Correct. But now she's probably just more like, oh my god, and it seems like everything. Now I'm banging my nephew. Good lord! And then I'm mad at the hand because yeah. his sister's a cunt. Like what? Who cares? She's not the. I, I don't like her. No. Right? Oh, I like her. I still, I, I, I still like her. I still also respect the thing she has to balance. She has to balance like, okay, I want this, but like she does have a moral compass. She does know right from wrong. Like she did go north. She did go save John and the guys who went above beyond the wall. She is marching her armies up north instead of King's Landing to p- defend. Yeah, that's what got her frustrated in the first place. Like she got there all happy, like, yeah, we're gonna save the world, and then sees Jamie Lannister and is like, wait a minute, Cersei lied to me. How did I not anticipate this? Obviously, and then Tyrion. How did you not know this? He's wrong again. And she's pissed off because their hopes of actually making a dent are now even lower. But she's just like, well, now Cersei's just sitting there sitting pretty while we're up here dying. And she's like, I should be doing that as well. No. Gotten stronger, too. You should be in the north. Yes, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Don't get mad at Tyrion. You're up there to kill the dead. Let Cersei claim the Iron Throne right now. Who gives a crap? Did you guys, did you guys see the thing about uh, uh, the fan theory as to why we didn't see the Night King? Yeah. No. no what's that? I like that a lot. The one that he's on his way to King's Landing. Right. Yeah. So creating a two front war, he's on his way there right now. And flashbacks to when Bran had seen the uh, Iron Throne in snow and nobody sitting on it. That the uh, Night King is going to take. King's Landing and fucking murder everybody and come up behind him or some other okay. kind of shit. Oh, I like that. Because we haven't seen him since the end of last season. And right. he was not in so the preview for this like upcoming se- upcoming yeah. episode. And if you remember Blood at the Wars. at the end of uh, last season, there was snow falling in King's Landing. Correct. Right. It was a light dusting. Yep. And so every, that, part of that theory, too, is oh, that, like that now theory. that Bronze on his way up north to kill presumably Tyr- or he's charged to kill Tyrion and, and Jamie that he's just going to be like, oh, hey, look at that dragonfly. <laughs> and be like, yo, he, uh, he's going to get up to... Jamie and Cersei sitting on the throne. K-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. You see that dragon? Hey, look at that dragon. <laughs> I mean, he's going to be like, get to uh, Winterfell and be like, yo, he's behind you. <laughs> he went uh, that way. Um, yeah, I like, uh, I do like it, but the problem is, so what we also found out in this new episode is that we finally know what he wants. We, well, we know what he wants and we know Bran and him have this connection. He knows where Bran is at all times. Bran knows where he is at all times and kind of what they're thinking. So 
if Brand knew he was flying south, you would think he would have said something. He would have said something. Yeah, but do we know that he knows? He can only know when he warts, and he hasn't done that. He knew that the he, he knew that the wall fall, fell. What? He knew that the wall has fallen. Well, the Night King was there. Because that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He he knew the Night King was there, and the wall fell. I, mm-hmm. And he he says I, I I wear the Night King's brand. I I have his mark. I, he knows where I am at all times, and I can see him. Yeah, I I would say, and that and also Brand knows that he's coming for me. He he, he he's come for me before. He's he's trying to. I I get can't. Me. It is so and important. Brand obviously, is to me, it was such a, like it was such a relief to just because we we it's never been discussed. Well, what exactly do these people want? These things want. Excuse me. Um, now we know, officially. Yes, yes. Now, on that note, this is something I came up with today. Brand finally says, "What is what you know? What does the Night King want? He wants to erase the world of men. He wants an endless night." Mm-hmm. And we kind of already knew that because the Night King was created by the children of the forest to protect them from the first men mm-hmm. and to defeat the first men. So. All along, his whole purpose has always been to defeat man. Mm-hmm. He was created to defeat man to protect the children of the forest. They created him. They realized, oh, shit, he's actually super evil. So now we got to fight him. I kind of uh, paralleled it to like the creation of like artificial intelligence that goes haywire, like Ultron kind of. like mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to create this super intelligent robot to protect us. But then he's actually so smart that he figures that, oh, we're the actual enemy. So he, then he's now become the enemy. That's kind of like the children of the force. Like, we need to create this monster to protect us from these men. Oh, wait, he's going to destroy everything on the planet because that's what we created him to do without unknowingly. So we've kind of known his whole plan from the get-go. We know that the children of the force created him to protect them or to defeat man in their place. Not okay. in their place, but for them. Okay. But yes, now we know officially what he... I just thought it was kind of funny. Like, oh, we actually did kind of know that. But yeah, so we've kind of, their whole, the Night King and the White Walkers and their whole purpose has always been to defeat man. Okay. And But now whether that's good or bad is the... What I also find to be, it really seems like the only person freaking out about the, the long night that's coming is John, where everyone is still politicking. Mm-hmm. Like all of like the only thing that John's thinking about is holy shit, the world's about to come to an end. Yeah, we should might we might we should probably take this seriously. And well, the other Starks agree, mm-hmm. um, but all everyone else is still playing playing the game. Yeah, Cersei could care less. Everybody, even the, even the Northmen. Yeah, Sansa could care less. Mm. She cares a little, a bit. little bit, what but she's still like right, and she's still like, well, you denounced your. You gave up your crown, and he's like, and then John's like, that doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't That's- matter. It's so frustrating. <laughs> like, who gives a crown? Can't we just say we'll figure it out later? Like, we'll cross that bridge yeah. if we need to? It'd be so much simpler. We're going to be arguing over ruins here in a little bit. Like, right. what does it matter? Can't be a king of the north if there is no north. Can't be a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man if there is no neighborhood. Um. Our uh, friend of the program, Joe Arvis, said, which I thought was hysterical, it gives, give me eight hour, or eight episodes of just all of these best characters shooting the shit, drinking wine in front of a fire. I'm all in. I loved it. Nope. 
was I liked it. Well, I, I liked, actually thought it was kind of corny. I liked really? the, I loved how they tied everybody together. I just yeah. didn't like the the context. That's what I like. I like they're they're tying up loose ends and storylines, and they're getting you invested again, emotionally invested into these before characters they before die. they all get got. Yeah, before they all die. Right. Which is definitely happening. I mean, it's just gr- I thought it was great writing because now we're all like, oh, I love these guys. I love how all, they tied it all together. They're all gonna die. Just it seemed corny to me. It really did. And the whole Brienne becoming a knight, I know people loved it. I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. Why is that? It was just, I'm sitting there like. she's a woman. <laughs> I, she should have been a knight already. I don't give a shit if she's a woman. She should have yeah, been a torment, knight. Torment agrees. Yeah, I, I love Torment. And everything he said, I loved. But it just, it was all too lovey-dovey, corny. Oh, you don't have to be a king. Any night can night a night. Okay, okay, that's cool. Then why did you do it before? Why did anybody do it before? Any night could do it. Then there's no really rhyme or reason. So just why isn't she a night? Because they're all gonna die. Yeah, good. Die a night. <laughs> just don't let Dormund die. I. They tied these first two. They had so many different characters and plot lines. They tied it into a bow. I think they did a better job in doing that than, like, say, the fucking Sopranos model. But the next four <laughs> do, episodes are basically movies. So a lot of people are going to die, and it's just that building, and bu- they're, they're edging us. They're edging our throner. Oh, and, and it worked. Week, week three is just going to be epic. So Fan meets shit. Do you think it's finally going to... It has to. I'm going to put it there. No, well, they're there. They're at the wall. They're, they're going to fucking battle. Yeah, they added 22 minutes to that episode. They were at the wall at, at the end of the first season. No, no, it means like they're at the edge of no, the, I know. No, Winterfell. They're, they're at Winterfell. Like I know, there. but the same thing after season one, we're like, oh, oh yeah, they're there. They're at the wall when Sam when Samwell was running well, around. They still gotta walk. They gotta get to Winterfell. <laughs> they, were, they were at the wall, and then all of a sudden they're just, nah, we're good. This whole show's <laughs> just a bunch you, of freaking walking. You never know with Game of Thrones. It should. It ninety percent. It it hits the fan. Does it surprise you, Tom, that Porter is loving it and Ian's kind of pessimistic about it? I thought it'd be the complete opposite. Should be. Yeah. Should, Should be. be. No, Actually, yes. No, that's, that's 100% the way that was going to go. But guy Brendan that I work with, huge Game of Thrones guy, doesn't shut up about it. <laughs> and in the books, like not, not he's always been just okay with the show. It's just the books are the best thing ever. And since last year, he's been getting my ear about it's just – it's cheesy now. It's not real Game of Thrones. And then when I rewatched it again, right before the season eight, I was like, "Oh my god, he's fucking right. <laughs> he's right. He's in your head. He's right. He's in my head." Even though it all it all started getting with me was when Gendry Gendry ran back in a night to the wall that typically in any other season would have taken I don't know six episodes. <laughs> Also, he ran all the way back. He ran all the way back. I was like, I was like, I would die to a person who's never been in the north. He's never seen snow, yeah. and all of a sudden, he's oh yeah, I, I got wind capacity for days, bro. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. It's like it doesn't need to take days. It takes fucking three I'm hours. Go run twenty miles in the <laughs> snow nonstop. Yeah, no would, big deal. Yeah. And then and then Khaleesi comes flying in. That and then he got in my head, and I was like, oh my god, you're right. That's well. Here's the thing. I don't know how he stands about this, but like my sister just finished reading the books, and it's is a of avid show watcher. And she loves, and even Jamal. Jamal mm-hmm. finished reading mm-hmm. the books, and he loves the show too. And they both said you have to take them; they're different entities at this point. 
like you have to, because the show has passed the, the books and the books we don't know what's going to happen they're only so far you just have to appreciate them for their own what you can't read them together as one anymore or put them together as one you have to appreciate them as their own kind of thing and so that's kind of maybe the mindset you have to get at and you haven't read the books but like that you know you shouldn't compare the two because they're kind of now their own thing especially since yeah i think it's just it's just getting away from it yeah we'll see what the next four episodes are but well i mean this episode's the, the battle scene and it's supposed to be insane this one's one that took forever to film is that right? It's supposed to be longer than the battle so. at Helm's Deep in two towers. Yeah, the longest ever. Okay. If you said Porter, you mentioned the Sopranos method. I think just because they left with a, you know, an ambiguous ending, I would really hope that's not going to be the same case. No, please, I don't think so please don't. I think they're gonna tie it off. They have to. Yeah. No, they have to. Even if it's not what George said to do towards the end, it doesn't matter. They have to tie it off. And the Nets bullpen is about to start bullpenning. There will be an uproar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, we're at the uh, hour 30 mark, so I think we did pretty good. That was a solid yeah. Solid three topics. <laughs> Hockey, a lot. football. A lot is going to change. Um, All the fear starts tomorrow. Yep. All the fear starts Thursday, too. Well, the fear is already right now because Wander Suero is pitching in the heart of the Rockies order right now and has already given up a double so <laughs> Orioles won dominated nine to Duh. one easy <laughs> easy day at the yard everybody saw it coming um all right well thanks everyone for listening um i i'm freaking out about that game oh, oh so so it much. gives me so much nerves i'm like that day's gonna be i'm more Review, stressed about that than I, i'm so glad Review, i don't have to work tomorrow reviews are, are good so far yeah, yeah they're no they're fantastic Did they're, you see the, chad ryan he's overseas and he already saw it and he goes no spoilers. And then three hours later, he goes, you guys, this is my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Son BDK, of a bitch. BDK loved it, too. Um, okay. So, yeah, we'll talk about that. Uh, I got to check my schedule for next week. But we'll, we'll get on the horn again next week. Uh, PMIC Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Put me in Coach Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and uh, Google Play. And SoundCloud, give us a follow, subscribe, spread the word, let us let us know what you think, let other people know what you think. We love hearing from you. We've got a couple of people come to me recently, and even some other of our friends saying how much they love the show, um, and we really appreciate everyone listening. Absolutely. Uh, at Tom underscore Natalie, at Ian underscore Foster 21, at uh, Gregory's All About the Throner on Twitter, <laughs> and at Bobby underscore Blanco for Chaboy. For the three guys, Gregory, Ian, and Tom, I am Bobby. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will catch you next time. Night. Now watch it end it. This has been it. Put Me In Coach Podcast. Screw you guys. I'm going home.